Greetings, and thank you for joining us for the 13th episode of DC Animation with Spencer and Friends. This is an LMG podcast production. Today, I am joined by my lovely bride. Anyway. <laughs> uh, a joy to have you here today. Uh, real quick, for the fans, uh, for the listeners... What is your experience with DC? Tell me about your DC consumption. What DC are you consuming? Have you been consuming video games, movies, TV shows, comic books? What uh, what what DC do you consume or have you consumed? Well, I'm just going to go ahead and upset the listeners of your podcast by saying that I knew absolutely nothing about DC. I didn't know what DC was prior to us getting married. I just knew Batman, Superman. I had no idea of the whole universe and people having enemies. And, you know, I I had no idea it was so extensive. Uh, Currently, what I'm consuming, I am trying to play Batman, Arkham City. And uh, full transparency, I am 4% into the game and I'm already mad. Um, So probably going to phone a friend, but... Um, that's what I'm consuming right now. And prior to being married to you, my lovely groom, I did not know much about DC as, um, I guess your avid listeners would, but we can uh, pretty confidently say that that has drastically changed in the six years we've been married. Yeah, I have definitely kind of forced you to watch some stuff. Uh, there was some forcing. Yes. Light forcing. It was like <laughs> heavy suggesting. But um, it was all in it was all to help me because ultimately it made things make sense and I enjoyed knowing what was going on. See, and that's the thing. You as somebody who knew nothing enjoyed the animated movies that we watched together, which is the reason I have a podcast about them because they're good. So they're very good. They're very good. So I appreciate you for joining us on this journey through DC Animation. Today's film is Justice League Doom, released February 28th, 2012. The comic book on which this movie is based is Tower of Babel. I'm going to read a synopsis in my own words, and then we're just going to talk about it. Okay. So... We open to Batman investigating a crime scene where he finds a machine that allows him to walk through a wall. He finds the Royal Flush Gang robbing diamonds. Batman is discovered and attacked. The Justice League show up and they defeat the Royal Flush Gang without too much trouble. They are interrogated, the Royal Flush Gang, about the device that they used and none of them know anything. Batman heads back to the Batcave so that he can, you know, keep working on the case. But Alfred tells him that he will need to heal before he can continue. Once they leave the Batcave, Mirror Master appears and steals some information from the Bat computer uh, using a device given to him by Lex Luthor. We then cut to a swamp where Bane, Star Sapphire, Metallo, Malatha Ak, and Cheetah have been summoned. Then, out of the swamp rises a dome, and they all walk into it. My nigga Vandal Savage has assembled this group because... They each have beef with a Justice League member, and he needs them to be dealt with in order to enact his master plan of world domination. After everyone agrees, he says, 
welcome to the Legion of Doom. Which is one of my favorite things, which is why we're talking about it. So uh, we then see these plans unfold. First, Batman back at the Batcave. Um, well, first is Batman. So back to the Batcave, Bruce finds his parents' caskets have been stolen. Bane hits him with a roundhouse and buries him alive. Martian Manhunter is tricked into drinking a poison that makes him flammable, and then he is set on fire. Wonder Woman is poisoned and hallucinating that everyone she sees is Cheetah so that she will fight until she collapses. Flash has a bomb bolted into his wrist, and it will explode if he stops running. Green Lantern's will is broken with a combination of an impossible task and fear toxin, and Superman is shot with a kryptonite bullet. The Legion of Doom is celebrating their victory, and my nigga Vandal Savage reveals his origin story and his plan. Batman eventually unburies himself, and after seeing what has been going on, reveals that his plans uh, have been used to take down the Justice League. Cyborg is able to cure Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman is able to inject Martian Manhunter with his cure. Uh, Flash is able to run through an iceberg to get the bracelet off. Batman gives Green Lantern a pep talk. And Martian Manhunter and Cyborg perform surgery on Superman to remove the bullet. The Justice League then has a meeting to talk about what happened. And Batman lets them know that his plans were made his plans are what made this possible because he needed to be ready just in case any of the Justice League became a problem. They aren't happy about it, but then they definitely understand how we got here. Batman is then able to figure out that, uh, where the Legion of Doom's hideout is. Uh, my nigga Vandal Savage explains his solar flare plan and the Justice League show up to stop it. Everyone fights their respective nemesis, and we, uh, and then Vandal Savage launches the missile. Superman sees this and says, enough is enough. He finishes Metallo, and he goes to handle the missile. The missile separates into several little missiles, and Superman is able to take out most of them, but the solar flare begins. They discover that the Legion of Doom headquarters is going to be made intangible to survive the flare, so the League uses it to make the entire Earth intangible. My nigga Vandal Savage got sentenced to life in prison for crimes against humanity. Cyborg becomes a member of the Justice League, and Batman tells the League that they can go fuck themselves if they have a problem with the fact that he is ready to neutralize any of them. Like, anybody in the room can get it. And Batman says, that's that, that's how it's going to be. So um, Superman gives him a kryptonite bullet. And that is what he does to show, hey, I trust you. Credits. So, my dear. Mm -hmm. um, first question I'll ask you is, what did you think about the art style in this movie? I enjoyed it. Um, whoo, I feel woefully unprepared because, like you say, art style, and my brain just went to like Powerpuff Girls, and I know that's a different style of art. Uh, I would, I would say that this is a better style of art than the Powerpuff Girls. Um, um, but yeah. you know, I'm a millennial. That's the one of the first things my brain goes to. But um, I like the art style. I um. 
I'm not a fan of a lot of 3D animation, so I, pre I appreciated how this looked. It wasn't like too busy. It was easy to follow. Like visually, I enjoyed it. Great, great, excellent. Uh, what did you have any opinions about the voice casting? Nope, don't know who those people are. Like okay. Kiki Palmer said, I saw him on the street. Sorry to this man. That's fine. Um, so what do you think of the movie? I thought it was really good. And I forgot when you asked me to watch this movie to prep for the podcast. I had seen this before. Like, we watched this way early on in our marriage. And so I don't know why. I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, and so it was it was nice to remember, like, bits and pieces. But um, I thoroughly enjoyed the movie. For it to be animated, you can go in with, like, a certain opinion about animated movies. Um, but this just feels like an adult movie. But it's animated. <laughs> Uh, that's exactly what it is. It's an adult movie. Um, well, it's because it, one of the things that I've said is that I feel like these, uh, this animation grew up with me. So when I was a youth, it was made for me as a youth. And then I got grown and they started making it for me as an adult. So I absolutely love these movies. That's why we're here. That's why we're doing this. So in the original comic book, it was not my Nick of Vandal Savage who did this. Uh, do you have any guesses on who did it in the comic book? No. It is someone who is immortal adjacent. Like real life? I mean, in the in the comic book. Give me some breadcrumbs. Give me some hints. You gotta get me there. It's a Batman villain. Mm-hmm. And mm -hmm. the leader uh, of Oh, 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 oh. Is it my dude Lex Luthor? It is not. He is a Superman villain. Oh. I was really confident. <laughs> it is someone who is almost immortal. He's a Batman villain. He's a Batman villain that's almost immortal, so it's not Bane. It is not uh, Bane. It is uh not the Joker. It's Not a guy whose name we enjoy saying. There's a lot of people's names I enjoy saying. You want me to tell you who it is? Just rip the band-aid off. Who is it? It's Mr. Raz Al Ghoul. <laughs> yes. Excuse me. <laughs> Am um, I pronouncing this right? Mr. Raz Al Ghoul. Yeah, that's who does it. Uh, that's who does it in the actual comic book. So there are some differences between this and the comic book where this happens. So okay. in the comic book, um, Raish is a lot harder to arrest, I guess. But um, essentially, uh, Raish wants to drive the world into war by disrupting their language uh, in the comic book. Um, and as far as the plans that he enacts in the comic book, uh, Batman's parents are stolen. So Batman goes on a mission to find out what happened. And that kind of takes Batman out of the picture in the comic book. So um, Bane in this one buries him alive. But what Raish does is he 
also steals his parents, but that's to like send Batman on a wild goose chase and like get him away from the situation so that he can't warn the Justice League what's happening. Um, so Martian Manhunter is set on fire. Uh, Plastic Man is in the Justice League in this one, and Plastic Man is frozen and shattered pretty much. Aquaman is in there, and he was made hydrophobic with the fear toxin. So, you know, Aquaman requires water to, you know, be strong and live and all that. So, uh, Raish used the fear toxin to make him afraid of water so that he would, you know, dry out and all that. Ira Rayner, who is the Green Lantern in this case, is blinded by his own ring. Wonder Woman Mm -hmm. is hallucinating a supervillain that is equal to her like and and so this is that that one's kind of similar um in that she's made to hallucinate so that she will wear herself out because there's nothing you can do about wonder woman like you just gotta you you just gotta make her keep going until she decides she's done are these all of the are you done explaining like the differences between the comic book and the movie no not yet okay Um, so um Flash is um, Flash is given a shot that basically induces seizures happening at the speed of light, My and God. and Superman is hit with red kryptonite, which causes him to, uh, which causes random mutations, and so the mutation that it causes is his skin becomes translucent, and so he's absorbing far too much sunlight, and so his sensors are going crazy, and he's just in so much pain so that's what they do in the comic book to all of these people now one question that i do have for you um are you familiar with the tower of babel story in the bible yes okay can you tell us a little bit about that uh since the comic book on which this is based is called tower of babel um we know that there's some uh, some biblical base there. And the fact that it was Raish, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Lazarus is uh that's that's biblical, correct? Lazarus Lazarus is a biblical name, but Lazarus has absolutely positively nothing to do <laughs> with the Tower of Babel story. The reason so the reason I bring up Lazarus is because, uh, as we know, Raish is a mortal adjacent because of the Lazarus pit. Yeah, so, he's got that pit. Those yeah. So he will, he'll take a little dip. He'll and pop out wee- young, young and spry. Yeah. <laughs> um, once he's getting all frail and shivery. And so, um, <laughs> yeah, just, I, uh, I, <laughs> I just want to say, you said getting old and shivery. I just see like this old man on a cane and he can't get to the pool quick enough. And so he has one of his henchmen just to shove him. Yeah, like, you know, like when you get old enough, you just kind of shiver. Yeah. That's that's, that's just one of the things that happen if you get old enough. You you shiver. And so when he he gets to shiver and he's like, all right, time to get in the bath. (laughs) And so... um. I brought that up because that is also like we, we've got a couple biblical ties to Raish, but sidebar. Okay. Anyway, can you tell us about the Tower of Babel? Okay, yeah. So long story short, Genesis 11, 
it talks about how um, the people, they go find like this plain and it's called Shinar and they decide they're going to build a city and build a table, a table, build a tower to the heavens. And they say that, you know, they're going to ascend to the heavens. Um, and it talks about the kind of materials they're going to use and all of that. So they start to build the tower because it's one people in one language at this time, because this is a couple generations after the flood. So these it's real fresh. Okay. Um, and so they start to build and then God comes down and, you know, he takes a look at everything that's going on. And he essentially says that they are unified um, in their goal. And if we let this continue, nothing will quote unquote be impossible to them. And so um, they, God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit decide to um, confuse the people. So confuse their tongues um, and scatter them. And so they went from having one uh, language to now having multiple languages and being scattered everywhere. And that's the very short version. Yes. And the reason that the comic book on which this is based is called Tower of Babel is because Raish does a similar thing in that he creates a tower that basically emits a signal that confuses all written language for people. So if you are reading a newspaper, it just looks like gibberish. And oh. that that is happening across the planet. And because Raish is figuring, um, the thing that is holding people together is language and the ability to communicate. So the inability to do that is going to just cause war to break out. And, you know, that's going to whittle down the planet and, you know, all that. So mm -hmm. that is the connection here. That is why uh, the original story is called Tower of Babel. You know, all of that. It's very good. Um, I... I have the comic book. I need to see if it's here or if it's at my parents' house, but I do have it. So, okay. Yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> back to the movie. Um, so I, you know, my nigga Vandal Savage. I love Vandal Savage. <laughs> and Vandal Savage, every time we see Vandal Savage, he has to, he has to tell his origin story. Every single time it's because he's an old man yes he is and he's the oldest <laughs> man like <laughs> he's the og he started in the caveman days if you the listener have ever seen anything vandal savage is in then you know his backstory because he tells you every single time you see every him every time uh whenever i saw him in justice league he told me about it then he told me about it in this. Uh, he tells me about it in Young Justice. And he elaborates in Young Justice. He uh, he goes through, like, a lot of it. Um, I even think he told me about it in the live-action Legends of Tomorrow show. But we're not doing live-action today. We're doing animation today. So I love Vandal Savage. Uh, Vandal Savage has you know, walked the earth for thousands of years. And I mean, he says in the movie, he's like, I have amassed a wealth that dwarfs any other on this planet. I believe him. You it's like, yeah, time. you've been alive this long. You better. 
Um, but he's could been you going... imagine being fifteen thousand years old and you broke and broke? <laughs> what are you doing? He got all this life and just wasted it. Yeah, but I mean, Vandal Savage is also, uh, along with being immortal, he's also super strong, super intelligent, and right. you know all of those things that you know this a pretty standard superhero package um, plus immortality. So yeah, Vandal Savage was smart enough to come up with this plan, being smart enough to steal plans from Batman, knowing that Batman has the plans, and then enacting a plan to steal those plans to neutralize and or kill the Justice League so that you can do the thing that you need to do is um that's pretty top tier villainy. Yeah, because how did how was he able to find out that Batman had the plans without Batman knowing? Like yeah. not even how to get into the Batcave, how to do all of that. How did you even know? Or maybe it's one of those cases of you know your you study your enemy, and Batman is very very methodical, like in everything he does. So he probably said Batman probably knows how to kill these people. <laughs> yeah, that could be it because he said that uh, one of the things that Vandal Savage also says is like. I already know who Batman is. So y'all don't need to worry about that. Uh, like, oh, we're going to finally know his identity? I already know it. So whatever. <laughs> and it was just like, it don't matter. I, I know who he is. It's okay. Yeah. And that's why um, Batman is, I mean, luckily for them, Cyborg's in the movie because Batman says like, Cyborg, you're, you're the key here because um, I don't have plans for you. So you're going to have to make this thing happen because otherwise, I don't know how this is going to go. Oh, it, it, he knows exactly how it's going to go. Everybody dies in credits. Uh, yeah. And then, yeah, Vandal Savage is successful and we just see him rule the world. So um, were you, I assume you were familiar with Bane. Yeah, I remember Bane. I remember yeah. Bane very well. <laughs> Love Bane. Um, I assume you're familiar with Cheetah. Uh, not so much. Like that's something that I wrote down. Like a, I'm getting ahead, but I'll keep it short. Um, wanting to understand where these villains came from and why they are relevant. Like I understand why why Bane is relevant, and I understand that they are the nemesis of the Justice League. Um, but actually knowing like their origin and like why they got beef with people, not so much. Okay. Um, as you know, with comic books, there are a bunch of people who have a bunch of different storylines and a bunch of different origins and all that. Um, so just very briefly, uh, we know about Bane. Um, Cheetah is essentially like just super jealous of Wonder Woman and is just a hater. So she's and she's probably the only one that I would consider an actual arch nemesis uh, because, you know, everybody has a rogues gallery. Right. And I would say for mo most of these people are like two, three, four, five on the list. Uh, for Wonder Woman, Cheetah is 
arguably number one. But on Batman's call sheet, Bane is probably top five, but not number one. Not at all. Uh, Metallo, uh, three, four, maybe even like as low as six. Because like with Superman, you got Lex Luthor, you got Brainiac. Um, I had never heard of him. Like to me, his name, he sounds like knockoff marshmallow fluff from the grocery store. Okay. Um. <laughs> But yeah, Metallo, there are different Metallos, but yeah, he's generally speaking like a metal man with a kryptonite power source that uh, is a problem for Superman. So he's um, the Tin Man from Wizard of Oz. Uh, okay. <laughs> and so... Um, Malatha Ak, I guess, would also be a pretty main villain for Martian Manhunter. I'm not very familiar with Martian Manhunter solo stories, um, but I've seen Malatha Ak more than once. But when I think of Martian Manhunter v- villains, I think of white Martians more than anything else. Um, right. And there are situations where, A, Malatha Ak's name is pronounced differently, and B, sometimes Malatha Ak is his brother. Um, I, That's I'd, a joke. I'd, yeah, I'd have to... I'd have to do research on that that I haven't done yet. So, eh. And then uh, Star Sapphire, also not high on the call sheet as far as Green Lantern villains. And she is pretty specific to Hal. Um, I don't think any of the other Lanterns are super worried about her. So, you know, she... Um, assuming she's Carol, um, you know, she and Hal had a thing and then now they don't, but. Oh, so she's just bitter. She is bitter. That is true. So go to counseling. It's time to go to therapy, having intergalactic, you know, chasing folks down planet to planet because you mad the relationship ended. Anyway, go ahead. And I'm sure there's more to it than that. There's always two sides to the story. Let me not call her bitter because we don't know what that man did to her. Okay? Yeah, say because Hal, uh, Hal be womanizing a little bit. So uh, you know who knows, but <laughs> I'm I would imagine that um, whatever happened to her might be his fault. Who knows? But this movie is also a sequel to a movie that was discussed earlier on this podcast. Uh, in episode seven, we talked about uh, Justice League Crisis on Two Earths, and this movie and that movie take place in the same universe, even though they do have slightly different art styles. And I think different voice... No, they have different voice actors for certain people as well. So I thought that that was interesting. But um, neither here nor there. Anyway, um, what are your thoughts on Batman having a plan to get rid of members of the justice league without their knowledge? What are your, what are your thoughts on that concept? So I think that Batman having a contingency plan for everybody is perfectly reasonable because these aren't just everyday human beings. Like some of them aren't human beings. They're from other planets. They have powers like, beyond our scope like you know 
they're they if they wanted to do harmful things there's nothing we could do to stop them and so batman having contingency plans is very very smart now the part that could be questioned is without their knowledge because that's not something you just want to just spring on somebody like in the movie they find out how did they know how to do this well because uh i had a contingency plan for you and he did not uh, intend on telling them he had no intention but that's true to form for batman because i'm batman like everything with batman is very secretive on a need to know basis and even that need to know information is truncated like super duper truncated like uh batman needs to work in the hospital he would be great when people start asking for medical information he's not going to violate hipaa at all um but i do um I agree with Batman doing that. He just should have told them he was doing that and just not told them what the plan was, maybe. Uh, I was going to say the only issue with that is if he tells them and then they do go rogue, then they would, you know, deal with it. Well, like, that's why if, I said they he can tell them I have a contingency plan for all of us, including myself. I'm not telling you what it is, though. Yeah. And Batman's not one of them people you can punk answers out of. Batman is one of those folks. I will die. Today. <laughs> right now. In like front you, of you. Yeah, like you're going to have to kill me. Like obstinacy. Like will. Batman is sheer will. Like Batman would hold his breath and die <laughs> before he said anything. <laughs> so, yeah, I... I agree with Batman. Like I, I, I think I agree to the same extent. Like I think that I'm 100% all for having the plan, but them not knowing about it, I think, is where the issue is. Right. And I think that somebody says that. I think somebody's like the the plan existing isn't my problem. Letting it get stolen though, that was stupid. Yeah, that's real problematic. Yeah, and so, yeah, Batman having the plan, though, like, no, absolutely. Like, you you should, I, I believe in being prepared. And perhaps that's why, you know, I love Batman, because he's always prepared. Like, if the question is, would Batman defeat this person? The follow-up question is, does he have prep time? <laughs> because if he has prep time, we know the answer. Oh, 100%. And so, I just need to know if Batman has prep time. And uh, he can get it done. And that's the thing. In this situation, because it wasn't Batman who did it, that's why it failed. I love my nigga Vandal Savage, but he's no Batman. <laughs> and so, you know. Well, I mean... But also, the plans didn't account for Cyborg, which I thought was great. Like, a black man saves the day! It didn't account also for Batman, like, figuring it out and then coming up with, oh, you need to hurry up and do this. Like, it didn't account for Batman surviving his... Yeah, like, Batman, Batman wasn't supposed to unbury himself yeah i mean none of them were supposed to get out of what they were in but 
specifically Batman, like you are buried underground and you have no super suit, as Frozone would say, you just have yourself. And then you turn your head and you looking at your dad. <laughs> yep. The mental breakdown that I would have had. But Batman is like, it, you, it's Batman. He looked at his parents and relived that trauma all over again. And just it was, sheer anger. Just but It was brief, though. Yeah, like he, he looked at him and he was like, oh, oh, shit. All right. <laughs> I got shit to do. Got his keys and started getting <laughs> going. Now, I do want to say, I'm not sure how that would go. Oh, no, that's 100% like movie logic. <laughs> yeah, like you're in a casket. I assume you're buried six feet deep. And if you're six feet deep with a key, like you're going to run out of oxygen. Like dirt's going to rush in on your face. Like the, the dirt did rush in. Um, and you know, I don't know how much dirt it would take to crush somebody or for somebody not to be it because he was on his back and he doesn't have any like moment like there's it's uh it's, he's just it's punching just, up yeah he's punching up and he gets through the casket um, but in real life that would not work because you it, have to have an air pocket and he's already underground him waking up is his body signaling hey we need oxygen like oxygen is getting low in here and so you he probably had a good five, six minutes of oxygen. And then you're adding dirt rushing into that space, dust kicking up. Like, and I, mm-hmm. I guess, um, I don't know if it's, I assume it's worse, but I don't know if it's better or worse because I think it was raining. So the good thing is the dirt was soft. So I guess getting through it would have been easier. Uh, but because it's wet, it's probably heavier. Um, it's probably only wet on that top layer of dirt because I don't think that like that hole was just dug for a long period of time. Like the hole was dug and it's vain digging the hole. So it's not like it took him forever. And then he throws him in there and puts the dirt on top and probably packs it down. So by the time Batman made it halfway up, it was probably easier to move, but wet, like if you think of sand, like wet dirt is heavier. Yes. Um, and then so, if it turns into mud, it's all smeary. Yeah. And that's the thing. Batman needed a shower before he started, you know, going. But yeah, I, that's one of those like movie things. I'm like, you know what? Okay. We're just going to let it happen. That That's, that's fine. I had to like take myself out of that. Mm-hmm, because, like, let's not overthink this. Yeah, because he this happened to him by a man who literally turns a dial and quadruples in size. And um, yeah, like I I shouldn't probably have an issue with Batman being able to punch his way out of a casket with nothing but a set of keys and gumption. And just again, Batman is sheer will. Just and and. And I know he's furious. Mm-hmm. Batman's going to be like, I'm going to die on my terms. So, yeah, you know, that's fine. Um, it's whatever. Uh, and I'm wondering, where the fuck was Alfred? 
I'm saying, like, Alfred, you didn't notice this man. With Batman having all of the tech that he has, how did you not see Master Wayne on the lawn getting thrown into his parents' graves and then a man burying him? Like, it's not six feet of dirt isn't a small amount of dirt, even for Bane. Like, you did. where was you at? Where was your antennas? When this was going on, I would like to know where Alfred was during this because um, maybe he's sleeping. Alfred, old too. Yeah, I mean, we never saw him, so you know, Bane could have dealt with him too. I don't. We don't know what happened to Alfred, but <laughs> I would like to know what happened to Alfred. He's probably crumpled in a closet. <laughs> Alfred, Alfred ain't no bitch. I mean, Alfred. He ain't- he can't hang with Bane. That's what I'm saying. Bane Alfred, punched Alfred and shattered Alfred's whole jaw. Alfred's jaw just out here looking like... Mm, just loose. Just loosey-goosey. <laughs> he I, him in a closet. I would like to hope that's not what happened to Alfred, but who knows? Alfred in the animated movies is like the size of a telephone bowl. <laughs> that's true. <but laughs> Alfred- Bane turned that dial and punched him. You know how black parents will say, I'll knock you in the next week. I heard I heard a Southern saying that would work for Alfred getting hit by Bane. It says, I'll knock you in the next week and then beat you up for leaving. Like. Wow. For leaving. <laughs> I'll knock you in the next week and then beat you up for leaving. That's <laughs> what a phrase. Um <laughs> It's ridiculous. Anyway, um, sorry. So no, you're good. <clears throat> That's why we're here. We're here to talk. So, um, what happens to? Let's start with Wonder Woman. Okay. So Wonder Woman is poisoned and is hallucinating that literally everyone is cheetah, mm-hmm. and she is literally just going to work herself to death. Now, because she's hallucinating and everyone looks like Cheetah, when she ripped Cyborg's arm off, what did she see? She probably saw Cheetah's arm. She probably saw Cheetah's arm, but then it just went to another Cheetah that was perfectly fine. No, no, because... Wonder Woman ripped Cyborg's arm off and then was like, hey, let's get you cleaned up, buddy. And it's like, is she not hemorrhaging right? Like, what? But because I'm sure Wonder Woman has ripped off a limb before and I'm sure it's nothing for her. Nothing at all. But because I'm, I'm wondering if in Wonder Woman's mind, she was trying to just break the arm or if she was try- like trying to take the arm off Wonder but, Woman been around too long she knew what she was doing but yeah like for Wonder Woman to think oh you must be the real cheetah a mortal being with flesh and then to say I'm gonna just take this whole to the shoulder I'm taking it off mm-hmm. I wonder if Wonder Woman saw just blood everywhere or not Again, that's one of those things you can't think too far into because if you do, like, it was just, it's, it's just shooting out of there. 
just like a like a tennis ball cannon just yeah um so i i can only like that had to look like a crime scene if because yeah to have a flesh arm ripped out to the shoulder Mm-hmm. And then for her to just be like, "Hey, let's get you to the hospital. You should probably <laughs> we, we need to get you, we need to get you some bandages. Maybe maybe a little uh, hydrogen peroxide for that." That whole scene was wild to me, anyway, because it made it like I I wrote Wonder Woman was roofie, but essentially she was yeah she was made to see everybody as cheetah. But my thing is, were you saying her offering to get Cyborg to a hospital? You must have then understood like it had some sense of control in what you were doing and you weren't as crazed out of your mind as you thought you were. But my thing is, again, logic. Why are y'all standing there watching Wonder Woman beating everybody up? Why are you walking up to Wonder Woman when you see that she's slanging regular folks? Well, no, she was she was in her right mind, but she thought. She she didn't realize she was fighting regular people. She thought that she was fighting cheetahs. And I know that what she thought, what I'm saying is, why was people just standing around waiting to get yoked up? Well, at first, people were like, oh, my God, it's Wonder Woman, because yeah. they didn't know what the deal was. And then once she started throwing people, people were like, oh, shit, we need to leave. And then the SWAT team showed up. and Which was dumb. And then they were like, we can't do anything because she's Wonder Woman. Yeah. Like, if you see her in the forest fighting with a grizzly bear, help the bear! Because he's gonna need it. <laughs> so, yeah, oh, they and Cyborg was like, uh, what is, what's all this? And they were like, yeah, we can't, we can't do anything because she's fucking Wonder Woman. And that man, that sergeant that he was talking to was so mad. Could you imagine you sitting at home, you finally got off of work, and you get a call, y'all got to get suited and booted to go fight Wonder Woman. Do you realize how I would have quit that day? <laughs> like, did you hear yourself what you just said to me? You want like, us to go fight Wonder Woman? You even need if me to what? Yeah, no. no. And that's and that's one of the things. Wonder Woman is like she doesn't have a weakness. Like the all you can do is make her decide, like, no, I have had too much, I'm done. Like that's the only way to deal with Wonder Woman. That's not really a plan. Yeah. So so yeah, like Wonder Woman is too much. If that and, was me, I would have straight up said, is my 401k intact? Is my life insurance policy active? Okay, because I just need to make sure my family is going to get paid for the carnage that's about to take place. And just go ahead and cremate me because there ain't going to yeah. be nothing left. Because they're like, Wonder Woman can be poisoned. But I guess there are no poisons en- poisons strong enough to put her down. So mm-hmm. you have to poison her and then make her wear herself out. Mm-hmm. Just just make her work so hard her heart stop. But even with that, I feel like it would still be a long time. Because she's Wonder Woman. And that's the thing. Like they said in the movie, like it, that she's either going to wear herself out or somebody's going to get lucky and shoot her because she's tired and she's been fighting all day. Because, yeah, Wonder Woman will keep going. Mm-hmm. 
Like she's not she's not giving up. So yeah. Um and yeah, again, I just I just feel like her ripping off the arm of somebody that she thinks is flesh and just being like, hey, let's get you cleaned up. Almost like here, let me stick that back on. <laughs> yeah, like what are you, you what? So yeah, I, that that's the one thing I was like, oh, okay, that's what we're doing. All right. Look, this is a stupid question, but you saying that made me think of this. So you know how Wonder Woman does the lasso of truth? If Wonder Woman did the lasso of truth on your arm, but it's not connected to your body, would you still be compelled to tell the truth? <laughs> no. It's got to be connected to you? Yes. W- whatever part of your body is answering questions, the lasso needs to be touching you, as far as I understand. So, if okay. you have a severed limb... I mean, technically, it is touching it you. <laughs> touching no. me. No, no. Touching you. <laughs> That's not how that works. So. If I If I get a haircut, and she puts the lasso on the hair that was cut... It doesn't work. So if I get an arm cut off <laughs> and she puts the lesson of truth on that arm, it nope. It has to be on the parts of me that are attached <laughs> to whatever's answering the question. Okay, sorry about that. A little rabbit trail. Continue. Martian Manhunter. Um his was pretty t- what happened to him was pretty awful. So he hates fire. Like, that's Literally. Martian Manhunter's one, I guess, weakness or fear or whatever, all that. And a white woman comes up to him, or doesn't even come up to him, often gives him a drink, and he gets roofied. And, uh, yeah, white woman drugs him, sets him on fire, and... Everybody did what they were supposed to do. They tried to use the fire extinguisher. They tried to smother him. He jumped into the water and he was like, I'm still burning. Like everybody did all the right things. I knew it was going to be bad when he was sitting at the table and they brought him the birthday cake and they showed the candles with the little flame on it. And then they flashed to his face. And in his eyes, it was just a candle flame. <laughs> this is going to be horrible. Like, you can see the fear in his eyes just from the candle on the yeah. cake. Um, And what I did love about that, though, like, they really loved John for John because he turned into an alien in front of their very eyes. Yeah, and they were like, oh, shit, it's Martian Manhunter. But they were like, no, we 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 here for you. And so, yeah, like all all the people in there, like, yeah, John, John uh, should be happy that he had them because, again, they were they did everything they could and they they did all the right things. Because the first time I watched that movie, I was like, John, go jump in the water. Exactly. What what are you doing? And when he jumped in. And then he did. And he was I was like, oh, my bad. Could you imagine being underwater and no relief? Like, and he's and just screaming for hours because he's, hours on end. He's on fire. 
And what's amazing is, and maybe this is just like my limited knowledge on um, like Martian biology, but if a human is on fire for an hour, let alone multiple hours, like human has skin, minutes. Skin is not going to be, yeah, skin is like not going to be intact. A like, single digit number of minutes. Like, I don't know yeah. how long a burning at the stake was, but I imagine it didn't take long. Mm-mm. Um, Mm-mm. And so, I really yeah. truly pray that them people died from smoke inhalation long before the fire ever hit them, but I know that wasn't true. No, um, they felt that. Oh, they felt every piece. Um, but yeah, so that and, was and he was supposed agony. to be he was supposed to be burning for weeks. Like weeks. And so Mm-mm. yeah. Mm-mm. Mm-mm-mm. What I what I do like about John though is in like the opening fight, um, John gets smashed into a floor and he's laying there and he says, I am unharmed. I did love that. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh. just it's like you getting beat up. Boom. Oh, I am unharmed. Like, it's okay, everybody. I'm all right. You're yeah. all right. We're all right. It's definitely not an issue. <laughs> oh, that was great. Um, so yeah, what happened to Marsh Manhunter was truly just terrible. Like that. Oh, that's that's the worst. To me, that's probably to me, that's probably the worst one out oh. of all of them. Like oh, absolutely. easiest. It's, it's number one. Yeah. Because he was- he was like the entire time. He, Wonder Woman was just fighting until she got tired. Mm-hmm. Superman got shot. Sucks. Not as bad as being set on fire. Mm-mm. Flash literally just he had he would have exploded. I mean, yeah, but he he had a a, a thing bolted into his wrist, so that's mm-hmm. not great. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, Flash just had to run, and he was probably get, he got to the point where he was like, I. I'm about to stop running. I I can't keep doing this. I've been running said, for I'm, a while. He said, I'm tired. But that yeah. whole time, John yeah, just, been on fire. John been on fire this whole time. John, Batman, you just woke up in the grave, but John been on fire for hours. Yes, like I, Batman had to wake up, punch himself out, get in the bat, uh, get, get, take a shower, um, Get himself get in, together. Yeah, get in the suit, call the team, being like, hey, guys, what you doing? Um, yeah, he called John, and John was like, oh, oh and he had to turn off the channel. <laughs> <laughs> Come in, John. Oh. All right. Wonder Woman? What about you? Wonder Woman. Oh. That's terrible. Oh my gosh! And then Hal, all he—it uh, was just a psychological. Yeah, Hal over there, sad. No wait, John, John, um, not John Legend, um, Heartbreak Warfare, that song by um, yeah, I can't remember his last name. People will know who I'm talking about. That what I think. Um, I think the question I had in regards to John was. Why did John feel the Green Lantern's pain? Um, like he was able to feel Hal's pain. Like that's how they found Hal. 
Um, Martians are psychic and say no that's, more. Th- that's <laughs> <laughs> where is Hal? Mm, oh yeah, picking he's up over, some. Uh, he's over there sad. Picking up some, <laughs> feeling sorry for myself. Should have made better choices. Yep, that's Hal. <laughs> yep, and I think it's great. Like one thing that I did take away from this was. The fear toxin did what it was supposed to do, but once Hal learned that he did nothing wrong, the fear toxin just like because he, he was still in it, but yeah, the fear toxin just stopped working. Because Batman was like, I have an antidote to the fear toxin. He was like, nah, I'm good. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I got willpower to spare now that I know it wasn't me. Yeah. Now that I know that realize. I you're like, I didn't make a wrong choice. So uh no, nah, I'm good. I don't need it. But the fact that when you make a wrong choice, it's that debilitating. Well, it was the com- it was the combination of feeling like he caused the death of someone and the fear toxin. So it mm-hmm. it was it was the combination of those two things because I think that had it not been for the fear toxin, he would have you know figured it out or whatever. Right. Um, but yeah, so I mean, sorry, and you know, the movie had to happen. Yeah. Also, uh, before we move on from John, I did not like, did not like, and I'm making this face on purpose. Uh, when they showed up to get the bullet out of Superman, that doctor, first of all, was pissed off that he had to talk somebody through surgery. <laughs> he looked like he was angry, but I did not like John's fingers. I didn't like no part of that. Like, it just didn't look good. Like, I just, I feel like I felt it when I watched it. And just something about touching your insides. Something right. Something right. And, I mean, and maybe I'm just weird. What was weird to me was he didn't use his thumb. He used his index and his middle finger instead of his thumb and his index finger. Like, because that's 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 what you pick up things with is your thumb and your index. And it's clearly not a link thing because you can just elongate your fingers. That's what will. he did. That's so, why he used those two. So he's picking it up. That's weird. Yeah. And that that was that was what was weird to me. Um, but because he can shape shift, it really didn't matter. But yeah, I like just they didn't like it. It they went like, in in like a weird spiral, like they just yeah. I think you, yeah, you didn't like it because they made it look weird. Because it was weird. <laughs> <laughs> like, excuse me, I'm just gonna stick my hand down off in you and get what you need and come back. You didn't wash this hand. I mean, you know what? I take that back. That hand is sterile. You were literally on fire for probably a minimum of six to eight hours. I'd say probably just a couple hours. And um, he fell into the water, so he's got that steam. He's got water, like uh, sterile hands for surgery for Superman. But also, it's Superman, so like once the kryptonite's out, he's just gonna heal and be fine. Like I don't think that you know something under Martian Manhunter's fingernails is gonna cause an infection <laughs> for Superman. Be like, oh man, I survived the kryptonite. Oh no, dysentery. Yeah, like I don't, I don't think that's how that's gonna go. It's so. like, oh no, I've got E. coli. Well, yeah. So uh, with Superman, um, that one kind of went back to 
uh, a pretty famous Superman story where he like there's somebody who's preparing to commit suicide and then Superman just, you know, has a talk with them, lets them know it's going to be OK, lets them oh. know that they are, you know, important and worthy and then oh. they don't commit suicide. And then, yeah, this guy was like, ah, OK. And then he, you know, busts out as Metallo. My blicky upon the dresser. Yeah, so shoot Superman and then just like sprays him with more kryptonite just in case. Double and tap. Then, and then when Superman lands, he landed like he broke the street. When yeah. is Superman not breaking something though? Like let's let's be honest. Superman is not no clean superhero. Like There's a he lot don't of never try to get people out of the way, like, hey, let's come fight over here where there's space and opportunity. You know, a lot of, a lot of collateral damage with Superman. Because he ain't gonna uh, pay for it. This is true. And I mean he's Superman, so who's gonna check him? Like, who gonna check him? Yeah, he'll probably help rebuild, you know. Actually, you know what, Batman. <laughs> Now, Superman will help rebuild or whatever, you know, yeah. make it make it a quick little job. Mm-hmm. Like it never but, happened. Yeah. Um, and yeah, what happened to Flash? Pretty bad, but you know, not the worst thing in the world compared to what happened to some other people. Yeah, my only comment I had about the Flash was like, was that I'm glad that I'm not the Flash, simply because I can't think that fast. Like if I was Flash, it would everybody would have died. Everybody on the train would have died. I would have died. It y'all would have been. Oh, we lost one. Like because I just couldn't think that fast. And Flash was smart to just take off running. But well, that's what Mirror Master said. He said like, uh, if you need to reach this speed, if you slow down, it explodes. If you don't start running, it explodes. And I don't care what you do, because I'm not really here. So uh, get to running. Yeah, Mirror Master, when he came out of the mirror, I said in my comments, like, this nigga came out the mirror? Like, that's a cool power to have. Here, let me just jump into this mirror and hide from you real quick. And then I'm going to step out this mug. Yep. Go ahead. No, you're good. Um, so, Cyborg comes to save the day. That's wonderful. I'm really glad Cyborg was in this movie. Uh, everybody else in the movie is glad Cyborg was in this movie. Right. Um, so, in your opinion, uh, just based on the little bit that we talked about and what we know, um, what do you think was the better plan? Uh, disrupting everyone's ability to speak language or the solar flare that would have like guaranteed wiped out a bunch of people? Well, just as a rule, I feel like you always want to go with what you know is going to work. And the whole disrupting people's language, like people will always find a way to communicate with one another. And so, um, you know, written language was what was brought up in the comment book, but that has nothing to do with sign language or because or like if we well, and if it, we just the, take. The, the thing there is um, written language was disrupted so 
it's going to cause problems in that, like, you don't know what anything is. Like, if you have, for, like, it, it affects everything. So if you have a medication, like, mm-hmm. you don't know what it is. If you have nuclear codes, you don't know what they are. Like, you don't know what any of these buttons do, what any of them, like, you, oh, okay. like, it. It's it's a deeper effect than just like not being able to read. It's not knowing anything. So you if you look at something that you're familiar with and you're good, but like if you need words to be on anything to know anything about it, nope, it's not gonna work. Well, having known that, I would still go with Vandal Savage's plan because I feel like the other plan would backfire on you eventually. Because... I would also go with Vandal. Well, and the thing is with uh I mean with Racious Plan, like he could turn it off and people would then be able to read again. But But then do you lose your control again? Whereas with Vandal, Vandal said, I'm wiping everybody back to the Stone Age, and I'm gonna be the man with the plan, and everybody's gonna worship me. Like I'm, yeah, I'm gonna set myself up as the Emperor. Because yeah, like the the electromagnetic pulse that will be triggered, yeah, ain't gonna be like communication long distance will be done anyway. Yeah, like I don't even know if the telegraph would be able to work. Like, yeah, he it's said anything, everything, anything that has more power than a steam engine, done. Bonito, which is terrifying. Yeah, it is. Like this podcast would not be possible if uh, if that happened. It wouldn't be possible, but also just think about like how many times like you call or you text somebody. Like, could you imagine having no, to go eight hours and then come home and that's the first time we talk to each other and we have no way to say, oh, this happened. Like, come find me. What I'm thinking about is what's going to happen in hospitals. Like, Folks going to die, period, point blank. There's a lot of electricity that's keeping people alive in hospitals. And the first first people I think about are going to be your folks on ventilators and ECMO, which is which is just um, essentially external circulation. So like it's circulation blood, people who need dialysis machines because their kidneys don't work anymore. So they have to go sit and let their blood get filtered all the time and get put back into them. And then um, the one that's the saddest to me, though, is going to be people with what's called LVADs. And so it's a left ventricular assistive device. And so you can see like these old people look like they're carrying around like a laptop or like this bulky case. No, um, they're essentially carrying their heart because it stimulates that ventricle to contract. So that left ventricle is what pumps blood to the rest of your body. And so if there was an EMP, that wouldn't work anymore. So it's just going to be like, all right, when uh, when your heart quit, it's a done deal. And there ain't no bringing you back. Yeah, there's no electricity. You can't shock them. Can't shock them. Nothing. And CPR. No, Mm-mm. it's gonna be so, so many people that like die. Yeah, Vandal Savage's plan is just gonna be a problem. And I wrote in my notes, it's giving Thanos. 
just on an earth scale. Like it's it's 100% giving Thanos, like, except Thanos had, you know, ideations for we do this for a better future because we're going to run out of resources. Whereas Vandal is doing this purely for selfish no, world domination. Domination. Yeah, he's like, domination. It's for me. <laughs> yeah. I need to be over everything. And so I will. Because he probably figures I'm from a time when we had sticks and stones for breaking bones and we did just fine. So mm-hmm. I'm not back gonna in my day. problem. Yeah. He was back he was about day. to back in my day the earth. And so <clears throat> yeah, I'm sure Vandal was like, no, I, I'm not gonna have a problem. It's not gonna be an issue for me to not use electricity. I remember when electricity was invented. Matter of fact, I helped. Like, I'm sure that's where Vandal feels. And I helped. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, this is, um, uh, we are we are now into the point, uh, in my opinion, where these movies start to get really, really good. Um, I've loved this movie since the first time I saw it. One of my favorite lines in any movie that I've ever seen is Batman saying, then you're damn fools. Yeah, they're like, we wouldn't do this to you. Then you're damn fools. And another one is, welcome to the Legion of Doom. And just funny backstory on that, like, I called that Temple of Doom for how long? I said it was. I said it with such confidence, too. And every time, Spencer would be like, it, it, it's, it's Legion. I'm like, is that Temple? And I would have to say, oh, yeah, there's an Indiana Jones movie called Temple of Doom. And that's how I keep getting here. So mixing my stuff up. Um, I know something I did want to say. Uh, I thought it was really interesting. Bane was like, I've broken him physically, but now I want to break him mentally. Bane was like really trying to break the bat, not no. realizing that Batman's physical body is way easier to break. Than- yeah, he said during our last encounter, I broke the bat. Today, I break the man. And not realizing. <laughs> no, you didn't. Not realizing. No, no you didn't. Um, and I mean, Bane- I I get why he thought he would, but um. Nah, you got to come harder than that. Also, I didn't understand why Batman was refusing treatment at the beginning of the movie. It's like, sir, like you need to see somebody. You have an injury. Um, also, this is completely like irrelevant from um to like the main characters of the story, but that first scene with the with the with the game. Um, the fact that Ace was able to throw a card at a heart and kill somebody, um, I wasn't prepared for that. Um, also, Batman should have waited for backup. For, for somebody to be a part of a team, I really don't like how he always is like, no, I got it. <laughs> and then gets himself in a situation. Um, the vault door should not have crushed Superman. I don't understand. 
Like he's called the man of steel. Why did that door crush him? Like, why was he struggling and needed help? I, I mean, but he, he blew it. Like he lasered all the way through it. And I don't know how he managed to eyeball a laser that big. Like, like the, the way the laser started was fine. And then the laser expanded. I was like, when he learned to do that. <laughs> um, I got a question for you though, Mr. This is my podcast. Um, what would you be willing to do? Like, as far as heinous acts for a hundred million plus expenses. <laughs> Cause that's what Vandal Savage offered them. He says, I'm I'm offering you a hundred million plus expenses. A hundred million today, like I inflation is serious because we're talking 2012. In 2012, 100 million was probably a lot of money. Today, that's a gallon of milk. Like, so, uh, that's how much money it takes you to take a deer or a pig or a cow to like the processing plant, and they don't even give you the whole animal back, they just say, Here's some of the cheaper cuts, yeah. Um, so I don't know. In 2012, yeah, a hundred million plus expenses. Like, oh, I can get a lot done with a hundred million. What would you agree to? Uh, you know? If I had to put down a member of the Justice League, yeah, and then I'm potentially offered a seat at the table whenever the world is because the way I'm looking at it, um. I can't really stop Vandal Savage from doing this. Mm -hmm. Uh, So whatever needs doing, yeah, uh, I'm going to take the money. And if I got any people that I want to make sure make it, then I'm going to go get them. Bring them here. But he's going to knock out everything electronic. So there won't be no bank. There won't be no money. The money won't have any value. Which he says. He says, yeah, like the... The minuscule amount of money that I'm giving you will be rendered useless by the time I'm done. Not minuscule. <laughs> well, for him, it is. That's walking around money. Yeah, like, like, I got that in cash right now. <laughs> like, um, I have that in my coat. But... <laughs> um, speaking of Vandal Savage, how did Vandal withstand that punch? Like, at the end. Like in the boss fight, uh, he's immortal. Okay, and okay. He, he's 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 strong. Also, because Cheetah Cheetah cut his throat open. Yeah, and then he got up and knocked her shit out. <laughs> right. Um, is Bane dead at the but end? No, because his venom gets cut all the time. Like that's that's how he always sometimes like it, it takes Batman different amounts of time to do it. There are some times when Batman will just throw a batarang, cut his venom, and then Bane is useless. Um, because I think that I'm pretty I, it depends on the version, but I'm pretty sure Bane can live without venom. Oh yeah, he can, but why would you want to? Well yeah. But like I don't know if he requires venom to live. Or if he just is addicted to it and uses it to juice. But 
Something else uh, that happened that I thought was completely nonsensical was when Superman is trying to, you know, stop the missiles from crashing into the sun. His cape is flapping. There's no atmosphere. What what's blowing your cape, Superman? You want to know what? You want to know what I thought was funny? Um, So you and I, we watch a bunch of space shit. So we know that it takes the sunlight eight minutes to reach the earth, which is how long it's going to take the solar flare. So that when Superman got back to earth and said, guys, we got seven minutes. That means that he flew at minimum seven times faster than the speed of light to return to earth and say, Hey Hmm. guys, Hmm. uh, we got, and and that's the thing. He even stopped to talk to Hal for a minute. He was like, hey, Hal, uh, I wasn't able to get it done. Hmm. So it's coming. If you could buy us just a little bit of time, that'd be great. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Hey, and so, And so, yeah, Superman had enough time to fly, meet Hal in the middle, have that discussion, make it back to Earth. And so he did all that in one minute. He cleared... Eight, um, eight speed of light minutes in a minute. It's also um, the same person though. Like if he flies counterclockwise around the Earth fast enough, he can turn back time. That's sorry to the listeners of this podcast. I can't say. Yeah, we we don't we don't talk about that movie. Um, (laughs) but anyway, and maybe. The the excuse I was able to give it was as close as he was to the sun, maybe that gave him the juice to make that flight. But the juice. That's uh yeah, that that's that's the thing that I was like, oh, we're just go we're just good with that. And then they were able to do everything that they did in that seven minutes. In right. It's now, logic. And that, I'm sure that Hal did buy them time, because Hal did put up a force field that did stop the solar flare at least briefly. He essentially put up another magnetic field, like like one that covered us the way Jupiter covers us from, like, the outer, you know, nonsense. But, um, yeah, I totally get what you're saying. Um, I, the next question I have for you was, why did that knife hurt Cyborg? Uh, cyborg um i mean he's he's still got some flesh in there but i mean it i don't know if he felt pain like does he feel pain in his mechanical parts yeah like did he conduct a nerve pathways like i mean i'm guessing that there's a lot of wiring in there and like that's what was affected um the fact that cyborg was kind of made from a mother box which is alive because mm-hmm. um, i remember when cyborg had the evil mother box or was it the father box uh no i think it's a it's always a mother box okay but uh i'm guessing cyborg can feel pain like i wonder does he have to put himself on the charger at night that I don't know. That depends on the version of Cyborg. But usually, yeah. I feel like usually no. But I have seen him need to be charged. 
Yeah. Hey yo, I'm coming. Or, Just a second. Rather, Hold on, bro. Let me get my cord out, man. Y'all ain't got y'all got that adapter. Or <laughs> rather, not necessarily that he needs to be charged, but that he has a limit. Like he he there's there's a there's a 100 point where it's like okay this is my max this is all I can do this is like so I think 100 CPUs so I think it's um more like a max capacity rather than a battery that drains. I need what? I need Cyborg to go watch Maximum Overdrive. That's a very old reference for this podcast. Anyway, so he's he's got access to everything, so he. He's probably familiar. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think if I had any more questions that I needed you to help me make sense of. Um, I guess the last thing I was going to say was um, I agreed with what Batman said at the end of the movie. And I think that Batman has the dopest contingency plan. Like for himself. Yeah, but the problem is, uh, I I thought that was bullshit because <laughs> for Batman to say I have a contingency plan for all y'all, and the my plan for me is all y'all, but I have a plan for all y'all. Well, I think the reason why that is still valid is because. You would he would have had to set all of that up. And so if Batman, you know, didn't do the prep, if he just like one day a switch flips, something happened, somebody got a hold of him, turned him evil, and he didn't have the time to do any prep, then prep is Batman's whole thing. If he didn't prep, then the Justice League is gonna come get him. It wouldn't even take the whole Justice League. But that's the thing, Batman has plans for them so like in the way i'm seeing it is if he did turn or if something happened when they came to get him he would be prepared for all of them because that's his whole thing well and so i thought it was like just in my head it was dumb for batman to be like y'all are my plan but also y'all can come for <laughs> me if you want to well maybe and this is a reach but maybe it's a whole thing where you know they could get a hold of alfred because he might not have a contingency plan plan for alfred because batman could beat up alfred um alfred is the glue that holds that operation like alfred keeps batman inc running yeah so if they can get a hold of alfred okay then he he should have said that was the plan was mm-hmm. Alfred, or if Alfred, Alfred's a great plan. Alfred is a wonderful plan. Um, also, if they could get a hold of what's the black guy's name that works at Lucius. Wayne, yes, Lucius could also be a good contingency plan because he makes the mobile and all kinds of gadgets. I don't know who knows about Lucius, but regardless. Um, I Alfred. I uh, I was like, that's Bruce. I I see what you what you wanted to do there, but um, it sounds like there's no plan for you, and that's fine. Just say that. Like he's not going to say that. 
to say, yeah, my plan is you guys. I love y'all. No. I can deal with all y'all today. And I have proven that because the plans that uh, my nigga Vandal Savage used were modified. My version of them would have neutralized all y'all. Mm-hmm. And, a, and a quick little EMP would have handled Cyborg. So, you know. And I've always wondered, like, is there any way to protect technology from an EMP? Like, is there some type of spell safe? Like, this is a very crude example, but you know how when you go to plug something in, in the wall, if like the little breaker or something is triggered, like you'll plug it in and like the little button will pop out between the sockets and then you have to press it. And now your outlet works again. I wonder if there's something like if an EMP was to hit Cyborg, like it would trigger to protect him and then he could just reboot. Um, For Cyborg specifically, I don't know. Uh, because I would think that I don't know that there's anything that can be done about an EMP because it's an electromagnetic pulse. Like, I don't think that there's a way to come back from that. Or I don't think there's a way to be like, uh, let's just, let's just restart it. Um, because it will kill everything. So there'd be nothing for it to restart is my understanding. And I know nothing about them. So, and Cyborg, it's comic book bullshit. So Cyborg might have some EMP-proof nonsense. It's the human part of him. It's his heart that's going to turn oh him back God. on. It's his human heart that's that's going to... the that That's the mm. pulse that's going to bring him back. Oh my goodness. Because of the power of friendship or whatever. I'm sure it's something <laughs> like that. Oh gosh, he's gonna like hide pieces of himself across the planet and then have to go on a quest to find them. And it's like, by these things combined, I am Captain Planet. But he says he's cyborg instead of Captain Planet. He's still a hero. He's not going to take pollution down to zero, though. I mean, I feel like cyborg is pollution. But anyway, um, yeah, I uh, I did thoroughly enjoy this movie. I just think that Martian Manhunter uh, got it the worst. Oh, he absolutely the did. Easiest. And Batman needs to be out here. He, he just needs to stop omitting stuff because this is definitely one of those if we had known ahead of time we could have like really done something to circumvent this. But also it doesn't say if they know who Van they knew who Vandal Savage was prior to this, which is very surprising given Green Lantern that he's like a universal cop, essentially. <laughs> and- they they know who Vandal Savage is. Um usually okay. they know who he is because Vandal Savage again he's been around for literally forever. Um, just about, and so yeah, like they usually know who he is. Um, and it's just a matter of, I'm sure they didn't know that he was planning to, you know, world destroy the a lot of the planet. But mm-hmm. I I would venture to guess that the Guardians have come across Vandal Savage before, and that they have a file on him. Yeah. 
but uh scale of one to ten uh with ten being loved it would watch and zero being this was a waste sure um it's about an eight for me um i'm definitely a movie person more than a show person but i'm also that person i gotta be in the mood to watch the movie but i would watch this again um just I'd have to get over John's fingers, how they twisted inside that man's body. I just really don't like it. Um, ooh, I don't like it. Um, but I would I would totally watch it again. And I would recommend it to um, a friend. I would just be concerned recommending it to someone who was in the place I was prior to us being married. Because you would have so many questions. Um, if you're like me, you're going to pause the movie and try to like Google like who is this and why are they relevant but um i really liked it okay okay i too would give it an eight um i really like this movie it's very good and as i said we are i think we've now crossed over into the point where these movies are like it's just hitter after hitter for a while um the last movie that we discussed was really good this one was really good and so was the next one and the next one and then not so much the next one um there's one between the last movie and the next like six or seven maybe even eight there's one that's like eh and then the rest of them are just really good to me like i don't think that there are going to be very many movies that are not at least an eight for a while, which is great. So, any final thoughts? Uh, no, I uh, I brought up a lot of the things that uh, I was uh, concerned about or had questions about, I guess. Um, I guess my final thought would be, you know, for you and for the listeners, if you were a member of the Justice League, would you want someone like Batman <laughs> just based on how he moves and based on this movie specifically? Like, would you want to deal with somebody like Batman? Yes. Uh, you want that on your team as opposed to against you. And so... The, the way and that's not just me speaking as a Batman fan um it's a part of why I am a Batman fan but um I'm the way I'm seeing it is I don't want that guy to make those plans and then execute them because we're not on the same team so when you have a situation like this um if you sprinkle in a little obsession and narcissism you have yourself a Lex <laughs> Luthor. Oh my gosh. It's like salt bay. Sprinkle, yeah. sprinkle. If you sprinkle in some narcissism and you sprinkle in some obsession, what you have is Lex Luthor. You have somebody who is a reasonable person in that they are saying, I don't like the fact that if this creature goes rogue, there's nothing we can do. And we need to be prepared for that to happen because it could happen. But 
again, because of the narcissism and the obsession, uh, it gets ugly. But yeah, I want somebody who is able to do that kind of thinking and that kind of planning against our enemies. I want somebody who can build that level of preparation and who is that dedicated to figuring out what's going on uh, for the sake of keeping people safe. Right. So, yes, there are some negatives that come with that. But, you know, it gets the job done. I'd say a similar situation would be like if you're at work and there's somebody whose personality you just don't click with, but they get work done and there's a whole lot you don't have to worry about because you know that that person is there to do it and they do all the shit that nobody wants to do but like they're weird as fuck sometimes and like trying to have a conversation with them is like uh we, we don't we don't have to do that we don't, we don't need to talk just just go over there. It's a, that, that sounds very clickish, but I, I get what you're saying. No, but there are a lot of people who will have somebody like, and the reason I'm using that example is because that's something a lot of people have lived through. It's like, I think you are really weird, but you being on this team is great for all of us. It's okay. And, I, I'll be the representation for the weird people. I'm the I'm the random person at work. I'm great to work with. Everybody See, likes me, but um, that's what I'm some saying. Of the like, conversations I'm going to bring up. Mm-hmm. Everybody likes you. I'm talking about the person that everybody doesn't like, but also they get shit done. Oh. And there's a lot that we don't have to worry about because it's being done over there. But don't talk to me. And see, I'm used to, to, for me, weird doesn't automatically correlate with not being likable. And so I'm used to the, that's just a personality trait or how you're described, but like you still get along with folks. But that's a very good explanation. Thank you for um, answering that question. Uh, The last thing I will say, and I, this is a hill I'm willing to live on. I'm really glad that the movie did not follow the comic book version because if it did it would have been in credits like there's no way based on what he had planned for them that they would come back from that like batman would have come back from finding his parents or from saying hey i need to regroup let me go back and then found out everything happened and it would have been too late so i'm glad they made it something much more reasonable for the movie okay Okay, I'll, uh, I mean, I'll let you read the comic book and you can officially decide that. Okay. Um, I agree. I think I like how the movie unfolded a little better. Um, But, you know, I just really like this movie. Okay. And so in the next episode, we will be discussing Superman versus the Elite. So until then... Salutations. Bye.